Hang on, Mr. Douglas. Yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome back. I am Mr. Douglas, and I am ever so pleased you're here. As we continue our dig into the riches of Volume 2 of Ingo Swan's Secrets of Power, today we'll touch upon excerpts from Chapters 16 through 21. Woo! What's going on, power people? A whole lot, that's what. My goodness. With the smoke and mirrors, together with upheaval and upchucking of uncomfortable truths, there is no better time and place to be than here hanging with you, me, and Mr. Ingo Swan. Individual empowerment is going to be an ever-increasingly valuable commodity as we march forward into the fray of the future. To be able to be your own rock, your own anchor, will prove to also be a light in the darkness for ourselves and each other. I mean, this disintegration of trust in our foundations and systems, the authority we once looked up to and on and on, while incredibly frustrating and discomforting, must happen for us all to level up. We must find it in ourselves, delve inward to know that we are far more powerful and can only grow in that power. That true power, that real power that Ingo talks about in the first volume, once known, will only help us in the coming unknown. And in helping ourselves, we are more equipped to help our friends, family, and neighbors. And beyond, cultivating our inner space will help make any place we set ourselves to become the beneficial setting where we all can gather and grow together. And to this point of delving inward, Tom Montauk on Twitter posted something great recently. I wanted to cite a portion of it. In a brief discussion on grace, which I recommend reading the entirety of because it has great relation to what we are aiming our arrows at here in this podcast and beyond and my journey as a whole, I'll leave a link in the show notes. The part I wanted to cite from Tom is this. He says, quote, Ultimately, readiness for grace and for us here, we can correlate grace to the real power Ingo discusses in Volume 1. Readiness for grace is not about betraying ourselves, let alone prostrating ourselves like primitives before a fickle, jealous God, but about distinguishing the true, authentic, and divine within ourselves and walking the straight and narrow path it illuminates." Unquote. So this true power, this real power, and our cultivation of what is already in us has nothing to do with looking for it outside of ourselves, betraying ourselves, or throwing ourselves to the bidding of this or that deity, but about looking within and finding that true authentic divinity, that real power within ourselves, and walking that path and waking up to that real power as it unfolds for each and every one of us in our own unique ways. Thank you, Tom Montauk. Montauk.net, M-O-N-T-A-L-K.net is his website, full of valuable information for fellow seekers. Okay, onward today in that inward cultivation and empowerment. Our first excerpt from Ingo's Swan Secrets of Power Volume 2 is from Chapter 16. And away we go!
And here, finally, is something familiar and recognizable, for it is generally understood and accepted that increases of awareness nurture reality box retooling and restructuring. It is in this sense that becoming aware of what one's innate powers are needs to take place before the powers can become active enough to be extended outward into the situations and circumstances external to the individual. After all, if one does not know what one's powers are, it can be quite difficult to enter some kind of empowerment into them. Increases of awareness nurture that reality box restructuring. And here we go. Ingo makes it clear again we've got to become aware of what our powers are before they can take any great effect in our outward experience. How do we become aware of our innate powers? Well, some real basic basics are doing what you're doing right now, which is hanging with me. Meditation on that very subject, setting aside 10 minutes and asking your subconscious, what are some of my innate powers subconscious speak to me? But for real, making that space available for your subconscious to begin to communicate with you. Very valuable. Reading Ingo's book, Everybody's Guide to Natural ESP, is a fantastic way of stretching that awareness. Exposure to this very material will inevitably lead to an expanding awareness of our innate powers. Keep an open mind. Go within and listen. If you've been following along in our exploration of Volume 1, we discuss just 10 of a list of greater than 30 subtle senses and abilities we've got that Ingo singles out. Uh, that episode is the one discussing Chapter 25 of Volume 1, and the discussion on the list begins around uh, 8 minutes 22 seconds. I'll leave a link in the description. Alright, next excerpt comes from Chapter 17. The concepts of to empower and to enable are largely synonymous since both mean to make one able to do something. The opposite concepts, however, are to disable and to depower, which are not exactly synonymous. To disable implies interfering with or sabotaging something so that it doesn't work too well or stops working altogether. To depower, however, carries the concept of reducing the power, force, energy, strength, or might of something. In this sense, to power up and to power down are the more workable contexts regarding human powers. To most individuals and generally speaking, empowerment means to power up, with very little interest directed towards identifying and realizing what has been powered down or disabled. In this sense, the assumption seems to be that positive empowerment will automatically negate or overcome negative depowerment. And so, there is no apparent reason to examine how depowerment is made to occur. Well, it might come as a surprise to discover that this assumption is entirely consistent with the workings of most societal power structures in which it is very important that the methods and mechanisms of depowerment 
should not be brought to light. The identifiable reason for this is that if those methods and mechanisms become broadly identifiable, then more individuals can escape from them. Mm-hmm. The incorrect assumption that simply empowering will negate or balance out the depowering or disabling attempts and effects of the power structure as we find ourselves swimming in, from society to our reality boxes. So, knowledge of the depowering that's going on in our minds and in our material existence will help to disenchant us, to see the brainwashing cycles employed, and aid in escape from these depowering positions. Knowledge of depowerment is empowering. All right, onward to the first of two excerpts from Chapter 18. One place to begin stimulating empowerment is simply to initiate awareness of the innate unfoldment powers, thereby changing the ratio of the aware-unaware equation regarding them. In this sense, initiating self-awareness of one's own innate powers is the single most self-central domain of the individual. Ooh, he hits it home with this again, but it's important to have this as foundational to our frames of mind. Initiating self-awareness of one's own innate powers is the single most self-central domain of the individual. And powers come in many flavors. More than, what's Baskin-Robbins, 31, 32, 33? More than that, taste of the power to make yourself laugh. Can you cause laughter, even a chuckle, a little ha-ha to happen? <laughs> I dare you to try it. That is a power, legit. To strengthen that power, as we talked about last episode, could provide a shield against even the darkest of despair. The power of breath. To control that. To breathe deep even in times when your body wants to seize up. That will open up more options for response to any situation. The power of intuition, that's an easy one. The power of persistence, of just keep on keeping on in. That's, uh, that's a real power. Oh, and consequently, I created a guided hypnosis session video that puts the power of suggestion to good use in providing opportunities to heighten awareness to some great baseline reality box building materials. A link will be in the description. Moving through to the second excerpt from Chapter 18. For more clarity, the principle of unfoldment rests upon the twofold reality that there is something that can undergo unfoldment and that the something is naturally prepackaged to unfold. The analogy most frequently utilized for this is the seed, which, when planted, will gradually unfold into a tree. If nurturing conditions are present for it to do so, 
the egg and sperm have been referred to as seeds that combine to produce or reproduce another human. More fundamentally speaking, the combining sets the seeded human on the way to gradual physical and mental unfoldment processes, both innate and inherent. In this sense, the human is as much prepackaged to unfold as is the tree, or whatever else is prepackaged to grow, spread out, expand, open up, and blossom. A lovely description on how we, like the tree, can unfold from our seed form because we have come prepackaged to do so. It's in all of us. We need the right conditions. We need that robust environment to do so. And then, like the tree, off we grow. Ultimately, all of our environments are influenced by the one we carry around with us all the time. You know, the one in our minds. Make the mind a healthy, vibrant, funny place, you know, pleasant to exist in, and see all the trees grow tall and strong. Enjoy that ever-spreading bamboo forest you create for yourself. A task that uh, isn't taken care of in a weekend intensive alone, I can tell you that. Gotta set ourselves to lean into that power of persistence and say simply, I'm in it to win it for the entire journey. The long way round, the director's cut of our adventure. All right, knocking on the door of chapter 19 for our next excerpt. Knock, knock. Who's there? Chapter 19. Chapter 19 who? Chapter party like it's 1999. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here we go. One of the situations that can account for lack of the trickling down of information about our multiple senses is that our senses and perceptions have hardly ever been discussed in the contexts of power and empowerment. This is thus to say that perceptions and power have never been discussed as adjacent and related to each other. It stands to reason that more perceptions might equate to more empowerment, while it is obvious that less perceptions can equate to larger proportions of depowerment. For additional clarity here, it is worthwhile considering that each individual has a potential perception spectrum of 100%. Because of educational agendas and local environmental influences, most individuals utilize, say, only 10% or less of that spectrum. Additionally, the chances are very good that the 10% refers only to the physical three-dimensional universe, and then only to smaller local versions of physicality that one has been mentally educated or programmed to grow up in and fit into. If such is the situation, and if one can grok it, then achieving empowerment on any grand scale is somewhat doubtful. In any event, as reviewed several times in Volume 1, something like this constitutes the depowerment trap that is so valuable to the powerful few that control, relegate, and do not encourage wide-scale empowerment among the masses. Right off the bat, Ingo provides a salve for feeling a little lost at sea when it comes to turning our attention to what our 
innate abilities are. We live in the modern world where structures are put in place to explicitly keep us unaware of them. Thank you, Ingo. And as we go on, Ingo breaks down the perception spectrum we all have. But how we've only been herded to become aware of about 10% of it. Of course, Ingo brings us back down to the ground by saying empowering ourselves on any grand scale is somewhat doubtful. I appreciate the ankle weights, Ingo, but I would gently push back with the perception, however, that anything is possible. If we've done it before, as a species, if there lies the capacity to reach those higher heights, then it can be done again. In fact, there was a, an acting teacher in my uh, school my, my uh, conservatory that said the very same thing. If an actor gave a slam dunk performance, but then started sucking for a little while, she wouldn't worry about it. She said, well, they did it before. If they did it before, they can do it again. I like that. Up next, tapping into our excerpt from chapter 20. Oh, what a tasty brew. The meaning of energizer, however, is clear enough, and as has already been discussed, it is meaningful to both empowerment and depowerment. For at base, depowerment is merely the de-energizing of empowerment and of power factors. There is no doubt that intelligence is accepted as a human power, even if conventional attitudes do not view it as such. What is seldom brought to light has to do with the identities of other base powers that need to be energized so as to energize or re-energize the powers of intelligence. And indeed, if other powers are dumbed down or turned off, or remain innate but latent, then the threshold activity of base power intelligence will probably not be augmented, expanded, energized, all that much. Thus, it is possible to arrive at a fundamental question having to do with whether intelligence is a separate thing in itself, or whether it is linked to, and even dependent upon, other base powers. Ah, yes, what kinds of more fundamental base powers can help elicit our innate powers of intelligence? It's interesting, I think, in these volumes, but also in his other book, Reality Boxes, he does talk about the uh, definition of genius, which is seeing connections where others do not. So, perhaps the cultivation of an open mind, huh? a mind flexible and able to consider without judgment, would nurture the heightened awareness of a connection and thus help activate our innate intelligence powers, maybe? Free your mind, Neo. Don't. Think you can, know you can. And like Neo, everybody falls the first time. We've got to be ready to stumble and fumble before we walk and run. But hey, like the Matrix. What are you trying to tell me? That I can dodge bullets? No, Neo. I'm trying to tell you that when you're ready, you won't have to. <laughs> Onward and upward to the first of three excerpts from Chapter 21. 
Various sensing systems based in this or that receptor activity can even be enhanced by increasing awareness of them. And this kind of thing is especially found in several of the martial arts, and especially that of Aikido, in which increases of general awareness at the autonomic levels are actually tutored. So this one I wanted to include just because it's a super specific example of one way of tuning up our innate abilities. Ingo names Aikido as a way of enhancing sensing systems at the autonomic level. Awesome. Qigong also seems to be a, a way of cultivation. Channeling and cultivating and then moving around that life force energy, that qi energy. Get that good qi. And I bet just about any martial art uh, would lend itself in this direction. But awesome that he legitimately like lays it down. Yo, Aikido actually does this. And, you know, the rigorous training I went through as an actor, absolutely. <laughs> but it did. It absolutely lent itself to heightening awareness of some of the more subtle senses and skill sets that we've got. I kick ass at any interview. When you come with me on a date, we're going to have a good time. I know how to do that. It's, uh, it's just something you learn. You learn how to pay attention uh, and to pay attention to uh, very particular things, both in yourself and in the other person, and to respond to them. It's Awesome. I, I, I think everybody should be trained in some ways that I was trained as an actor because the expansion of attention and awareness just in the human rhythms of communication at all their nonverbal levels becomes that much more pronounced. I could go on forever, you know. Next excerpt, excerpt two from chapter 21 coming up. The Discovery of Biocellular Receptors However, a great change regarding all of this began to occur when the first electron microscopes became available during the 1930s. Examination of cells and cellular tissues under these microscopes began to reveal the existence of various kinds of receptors. And this has culminated today in the understanding that every cell in the human organism, some trillions of them, does act as some kind of information-dealing receptor. To understand this properly, it is fair to warn that the concepts and terminology of the old model of the five physical senses cannot continue to be used to any great benefit. Indeed, even the term senses cannot really be used with any great efficiency. Instead, it is necessary to think not in terms of senses, but in terms of receptors and information. And this shift in nomenclature also includes the five physical senses, which can more accurately be redefined as receptors of information, confined exclusively to the limits of the receptors. Now we're getting in some gold nuggets, receptors. Every cell has them and acts as them. Shift away from thinking in terms of senses and more in terms of receptor systems. This opens up a whole new way of thinking 
when it comes to understanding and growing an awareness of what we call our subtle senses. They can now be thought of as receptor systems that we come with prepackaged that we just have to kind of awaken and dust off. Yes, easier said than done. The list <laughs> that is referenced in the Chapter 25 episode introduces receptor systems, and Ingo provides even more insight in Volume 2. Ingo also introduces us to the book Deciphering the Senses. I've mentioned it before by Karen Gravel and Robert Rivlin. Fantastic book. Goes deep into our ever-expanding knowledge of the human being receptor system sets. Great book. All right, third excerpt from Chapter 21 and the final excerpt for this episode. Ready to go with a side of fries. During the 1930s, however, researchers in various parts of the world, and especially in the now former Soviet Union, began to realize that although the electromagnetic substrate was weak, it nevertheless played very important roles within the biochemical whole of biological organisms. In 1962 in France, a short paper by V. Miranovich was published in Revue Metaphysique. The paper reported on a number of discoveries and was entitled The Cells of the Organism that Act as Receptors and Emitters of Electromagnetic Waves and reported on a number of discoveries. Among these was the discovery that cells have activities that are akin to semiconductors that capture electromagnetic waves and transform their energies into a nervous flux that then affects the physiological state of the organism. In that sense, Miranovich indicated that the cellular systems were acting in ways equivalent to electromagnetic antennas, and that the cells not only received but also emitted and transmitted electromagnetic signals or impulses. Miranovich and other French researchers held that via its cellular information receptors, quote, our organism is very intimately linked in all areas of ambient activity, unquote. Including meteorological effects of the terrestrial atmosphere, such as pressure, temperature, humidity, and electrical charges, but also is directly exposed to and connected with cosmic radiations. Based on this and other discoveries, Miranovich then suggested that the transmission of thought should indeed be possible because of and via biophysical receptors and emitters. Our cellular systems behave in ways similar to electromagnetic antennas. What? There's some expansion of awareness. The implications are vast here. Terms like tune in and good vibes now come with a deeper meaning. Also, if you're struggling with this whole thing, you know, like, oh, I never sense any of this stuff, man. I'll never become aware of my subtle senses. Consider, if our cellular systems behave in ways similar to electromagnetic antennas, and Wi-Fi hotspots and cell towers and radio and satellite TV waves, Bluetooth signals are everywhere blasting from our you know, black box phones that we're carrying around with us, it would make it more difficult to pick up what's being laid down to tune in to our receptor systems. I mean, it's funny how everybody's like, oh, go nature bathing, go nature bathing. That's just getting away from this inundation on our receptor systems. 
more difficult to kind of come out of, but absolutely not impossible. If you've ever had a flash of insight or just a premonition that a friend is going to text you, that's it right there. From weather to cosmic radiations to thought, we've got those biophysical receptors and emitters prepackaged within us all. Oh, chills down the back of my spine. I think a fun place to end the episode. Carry that along with you as you enjoy your week. Take some time, open yourself up, cultivate that environment, and get to know your receptive systems a little more each time. Tune in and you might just be able to predict the weather. <laughs> well, if you've enjoyed this episode and want to take the full ride, you can find the audio versions of both volumes of Secrets of Power on Amazon and Audible, narrated by me. There is a link in the description, and uh, you can also visit the links available at mrdouglas.com, M-I-S-T-3-R-D-O-U-G-L-A-S.com. Absolutely, definitely, for sure, you must visit ingoswan.com, I-N-G-O-S-W-A-N-N.com to familiarize yourself more with the gems of wisdom from the man himself. Also, I just actually watched uh, a mini-documentary that I believe is being continuously worked on. It's about 19 minutes long, 18 minutes long. It was great. It's uh, called Ingo Swan, A Life Gone Wild. You can find it on YouTube. Just a really neat appetizer of amazing amounts uh, uh, and accounts uh, from his life. People discussing the kind of effect Ingo had on them. They go through his art. They talk about him remote viewing uh, the rings around Jupiter and like calling it before we had a satellite out there. Like the dude was strong. There's one point where uh, one of the individuals that he worked with said, yeah, we actually, we were able to capture the kind of signature of his brainwaves. And when they imitate and then place the the signature of his brainwave signature uh, onto others, when they kind of uh, artificially produce it in others, others are actually able to have pretty pronounced remote viewing experiences. Imagine if you could have that kind of specific level of biofeedback. Ooh, while it's wild times, I think the future ultimately looks bright. Well, it's a blast sharing in this experience of awareness expansion with you as tasty mind stretching Laffy Taffy. <laughs> thank you for the opportunity and thank you for hanging. And as always, more power to you.